0: Chapter sixteen of the Lost King of Oz by Ruth Plumley Thompson This Librivox recording is in the public domain Chapter sixteen Humpy Hailed As King Kabumpo would never have stopped until he reached the Emerald City itself, had it not been for the mountain. Rushing like an express train from a small dim wood, the elegant elephant came unexpectedly upon a steep wall of rock. With a snort of surprise he stopped so sharply that everyone in the party went sailing over his head. Humpy, who was lightest, sailed farthest, and landing first, made a splendid cushion for Snip and Dorothy to fall on. Tora, fortunately, plumped into a patch of gooseberry bushes so that no one was really hurt. "'Didn't I do that well?' asked the dummy, as Dorothy and Snip jumped up. "'Falling's my specialty, and falling for you, princess. He rose and made Dorothy an exceedingly shaky bow. "'Falling for you is a real pleasure.' "'Well, I'm kind of glad you did fall first, gasped the little girl, running to help Snip pull Tora out of the bushes. "'Did I understand Dorothy to say your name was Kabumpo?' inquired the dummy, addressing himself blandly to the elegant elephant. Kabumpo nodded without taking his eyes from the mass of jagged stone ahead. Well, that accounts for the Bumpo—I understand perfectly now," continued Humpy, conversationally, as he picked up his crown and set it solemnly on his head. But next time, next time, old rascal—he wagged his finger playfully at the elegant elephant. Oh rascal, oh rascal!' sputtered Kabumpo, swinging round in a fury. "'How dare you talk to me like that, you good-for-nothing son of a sofa! You hair-brained piece of nightshirt, well, I may be stuffed with hair, but you're stuffed with hay, and I don't see much difference except Humpy backed rapidly out of Kabumpo's reach, except that the person who stuffed you didn't finish the job. You're full of wrinkles. He announced judicially, Kabumpo made a swing at the dummy with his trunk, and then thinking better of it turned angrily away, and, mumbling and wheezing under his breath, began to move majestically toward the rocky barrier. Seeing that no more fun was to be had out of him, Humpy hurried over to the tailor, who was walking unsteadily between Dorothy and Snip. He had put on his ears and was listening attentively to the little girl's remarks about the elegant elephant. Dorothy was telling how faithfully Kabumpo had served his master, the Prince of Pumperdake. It may be so, it may be so, muttered Tora, gazing after the great beast doubtfully. But he seems to me a trifle abrupt, er, uh, almost dangerous. But he's very fast, said Dorothy coaxingly. And if he had not stopped when he did, we'd have been thrown upon the rocks. That's so, put in Snip, who had rather enjoyed his wild ride upon the elephant's back. Well, well, I dare say I am old-fashioned sighed the tailor, settling his specs resignedly. And if you and Dorothy can stand this mad mode of travel, I'll try not to mind it either. Fall on me next time, invited the dummy generously. Humpy's expression as he made this suggestion was so comical that Tora laughed in spite of himself. But how are we going to cross the mountain? put in Snip dismally. It's too steep for Kabumpo to climb and I don't see any way round, do you?" Dorothy shook her head. I don't even remember a mountain being here, observed the little girl with a troubled frown. They had joined the elegant elephant by this time, and standing in a dejected row they surveyed the great mass of tumble rocks, rocks so steep and jagged that even Snip shuddered at the thought of clambering over their perilous peaks. I hope you don't expect me to carry you over," sniffed Kabumpo. Only a bird could cross this—a bird. Great collie-walkers, look!" But Dorothy and the others had already seen for themselves. An old woman and a goose were walking calmly through the mountain, just as if it did not exist at all. An old woman and a goose! The former was dressed in a simple costume of a Gillikin's farmer's wife, in one hand she carried a large basket, and with the other she held her stick and a long rope attached to the goose's neck. "'It's Mombi!" cried Dorothy, clutching Snip in terror. For in spite of the disguise there was no mistaking that wicked old face. "'And Pajuka!" gasped Snip, scarcely daring to breathe. Tora's ears were fluttering like leaves in a gale and even Kabumpo trembled slightly. She must have got her magic powers back, whispered Snip hoarsely, or how could she walk through a mountain? Oh, Dorothy, what shall we do now? As it happened, they had time to do nothing, for just then Pajuka looked up and saw the little button boy. Snip, screamed the goose joyfully. Spreading both wings he flew forward so fast that Mumby had to run to keep up with him. I thought she had done for you, panted the goose, paying no attention to Mumby's jerks upon the rope. He began to caress Snip with both wing and bill. Snip forgot his fright for a moment, in his delight at seeing his old friend again, and, dropping to his knees, hugged Pajuka for dear life. Dorothy involuntarily drew back from the witch, who was mumbling a long ricamaro about being on her way to the Emerald City with a fine goose for Ozma of Oz. Humpy, stepping from behind the elegant elephant, folded his arms and gazed down benevolently upon the little scene. "'Reminds me of the happy endings in the picture game,' observed the dummy indulgently to the tired tailor. I'm for that bird, and I don't care who knows it," he said. Hush, warned the tailor, looking nervously at Mombi. But at the first sound of Humpy's voice, Bajuka had given a great bounce, and, extricating himself from Snip's embrace, came hurtling through the air. Master! shrieked the goose, and flapped his wings so violently that the flimsy dummy fell backward over Kabumpo's trunk. With a surly flounce the elegant elephant shook him off. "'Monster!' hissed Pajuka, with a wild peck at the elephant's trunk. "'How dare you insult his majesty!' Bowing and weeping alternately, he cried shrilly, "'The King! At last I have found the King!' By this time the tailor had got Humpy to his feet, and it is hard to say who was the most astonished of that astonished little group. Mombi dropped her basket with a crash, and came over to stare at the green-clad figure. Kabumpo, thinking of his late speeches, began to back uncomfortably away. "'But it can't be the king,' began Dorothy, catching hold of Snip. "'I found Humpy my own self in California, and however could he have gotten there?' "'Girl,' said the goose sternly, "'don't you suppose I know my own master?' And I've seen him before, too," murmured the old tailor, half closing his eyes. Let me think, let me think. Did you ever see the king yourself? asked Snip, turning excitedly to Dorothy. The little girl had to acknowledge that she had not, for Mombi had hidden the old monarch away before Dorothy had come to Oz. You don't mind my being king, do you, Dorothy? the dummy turned to her coaxingly. I'd love to be the star in just one picture. Let me be king and you shall be queen. Star, picture, queen? choked Pachuka, gazing from one to the other in bewilderment. What does this mean? Woman, woman, what have you done to the king? He turned accusingly to Mombi, but Mombi, brushing him roughly aside, had run up to Humpy, and was examining him carefully from all sides. Catching sight of a white tape protruding from the collar of his robe, the old witch jerked him sideways, and after one triumphant look at the number on the tape, began to jump up and down like a child on a pogo-stick. "'The King!' shrilled Mombi, throwing up her stick. "'It is the King of Oz himself, and I am the only one who can restore him to himself and to the throne.' She looked sharply at Dorothy whom she had already recognized as if daring her to contradict this statement. "'But I don't see how a dummy could be a king,' objected Dorothy, still trying to puzzle out the mystery. "'That's because you are only a little girl,' explained Pajuka gently. "'I suppose you don't see how a goose could be a prime minister either, or how that wicked old woman would dare to turn her king to a stuffed man and his trusted counselor to a goose." or throw an innocent little boy down a well," hissed Pajuca, with an angry glare at Mombi. A meddlesome little vagabond, mumbled Mombi, holding her ground stubbornly. She was not going to be frightened out of her reward by anyone now, and stared defiantly at the little company. But how did you get out of the well, and who are all these people? puffed Pachuka, looking curiously from Tora to Kabumpo. And then, letting his eyes rest fondly on the king, Mombi scarcely heard as Snip told of his fall into Blankenberg, his escape with the tailor, and their meeting with Dorothy, Kabumpo, and the dummy. She was hurriedly turning over a plan to get Humpy away from his friends while Pajuka, in his turn, told how he had tried to fly down the well, how he had been caught and tied by the old witch and forced to accompany her until now. Mombi dropped the rope that was tied to his neck and made a sly move toward the king. Your majesty, whispered Mombi craftily, may I have a few words with you? Certainly, certainly, puffed the dummy king, stepping along pompously at her side. Tora, Snip, and Dorothy were so interested in Pajuka's story that they did not notice Mombi's move. But Kabumpo, who had been keeping an astonished eye and ear upon the whole proceeding, stepped noiselessly after the two. Here, reasoned Kabumpo anxiously, was an opportunity to make up for his rude speeches, and restore himself to favor with this impossible person who was turning out to be the king. No sooner had Mombi put a few trees between herself and the others, that she grasped Humpy by his hand and began running like the wind. "'We'll hide,' grunted the old witch, paying no attention to the dummy's expostulations. "'And when they're stopped looking for us, we'll go on to the Emerald City, and I will restore your majesty to the throne. But first, panted Mombi, stopping a moment to catch her breath, "'you must promise to give me back my magic powers and half of the Kingdom of Oz. Do you promise? You'd better!' she added threateningly, giving Humpy a vicious shake. "'But I'm going to the Emerald City with Dorothy,' objected the King in dismay. "'Let me go, you old ragbag!" bag "'How dare you shake his majesty!' thundered an imperious voice, and, whirling round in a fright, Momby saw the elegant elephant looming up between two trees. He had followed them without making a sound, and now, snatching Humpy from the clutches of the old witch, placed him carefully upon his back. With a cry of rage Mombi tried to get away, but Kabumpo was too quick for her. Seizing the wick in his trunk, and shaking her to and fro like a rattle, he ran trumpeting back to the others. They had just discovered Humpy's absence, and Pajuka, with a hoarse shriek, came flying toward the elegant elephant. "'She was trying to steal the king,' panted Kabumpo indignantly. "'Shall I throw her over the mountain, or step on her?' "'Step on her,' commanded the dummy, extending two fingers of his right hand, as he had seen kings in the movies do time and time again. Mombi gave a terrible screech, and Dorothy and Snip looked uneasily at one another. "'The king has spoken,' honked Pajuka, settling down gravely beside the dummy. Therefore let the sentence be carried out." Dorothy closed her eyes and clung to Snip, but just then the calm voice of the tailor intervened. "'Your Highness,' began Tora gravely, "'as this woman is the only one in Oz who can restore you to your proper self, do you think this step is a wise one?' The tailor's ears fluttered anxiously as he waited for the king's decision. For an instant, Humpy looked doubtfully at Mombi, then with a sigh lowered his fingers. Perhaps it would be a rash step, he admitted regretfully. Well, some steps must be taken, honked Pajuka angrily. Are we to put up with this treachery forever? No, just until she restores the king, answered Tora mildly. Then I shall step on her, promised Kabumpo, giving Mombi another shake. That's right, said Dorothy, glad to have the dreadful business delayed. Mombi must first restore the king. I'll not do it without a reward, screamed the witch defiantly. Do I get a reward or not? The others were silent, but Humpy, again extending his fingers, announced grandly. You shall be rewarded as you deserve." He winked at Pajuka as he said this. But Mombi apparently was satisfied, and stopped squirming. "'Well, I can't do it here,' she muttered sulkily. "'The transformation was made near the Emerald City, and the enchantment cannot be broken until we reach the Green Country.' "'Then let's go on to the Emerald City,' proposed Dorothy eagerly. Once there, reflected the little girl, Ozma herself could settle the whole troublesome business. Somehow, Dorothy could not imagine Oz without the little fairy as its queen. And while she was glad indeed to have found the lost king, she could not get used to the idea of Humpy on the throne and administering affairs in Oz. Humpy himself was enjoying it all tremendously. He remembered nothing of his past, it is true but the present was sufficiently interesting and exciting to make up for everything. "'On to the Emerald City,' he commanded, pompously waving his arms. "'I hear and I obey your majesty,' wheezed Kabumpo, and, hardly giving the two children and the old tailor time to climb aboard, he was off, still holding Mombi fast in his trunk. "'But what about the mountain?' asked Snip, as it loomed up suddenly ahead. Watch, called Pajuka, and while Kabumpo swayed uncertainly before it, he flew straight through the wall of rocks. Like many another mountain when you come right to it, this was no mountain at all, only a shadow mountain. No wonder Moby could walk through, sighed Snip, greatly relieved that the witch had not recovered her magic powers. End of chapter 16